Hi, everybody, and welcome to FanWidth, a Fanbyte podcast. I'm Merritt Kay, features and trending editor of Fanbyte.com, and joining me this week, uh, as always, I think probably the longest uninterrupted stretch of appearances on this show, uh, is a managing editor, Stephen Strom. Hi. Hi. And um, also joining me is social editor, Nikki Grayson. That's me. Hello. Yeah, that is you. And um, also, <laughs> in a rare appearance on this mm. podcast, is Fanbyte EIC slash head of media. I don't actually know what your <laughs> current title is, to be quite honest. <laughs> the big man, the big guy, the guy upstairs, mm-hmm. John Warren. Hi, I'm Christ. Welcome. <laughs> well, I mean, uh. I think in managerial ability... You know, you are comparable, so. <laughs> I I do turn water into video game juice for all of do, our Okay, readers. so then do better, John. It's yeah. been tough the last uh, 25 days. It's been really rough yeah, around here. We've, uh, we've kind of been in a dry spell of also, video Merit, games. Merit, you completely nailed my uh, titles. Those are my official titles. Oh, good. So, way right. to go. So um, I keep my job for, for another week. You do. You do. <laughs> but as soon as I, I screw up once. Oh, it's over. It's over that's, that's for that's you. It. That's it. Kind uh, of a Darth Vader sort of managerial yeah. style. It's well, no, you're allowed to run. screw up once, I think. And then the second time is when he force chokes you yeah, through yeah, an intercom. Yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yeah. yep, 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 yep. We never really yep. established what the rules are. Discord makes Discord makes that tough, but yeah, yeah, you can get through there though. It, yeah, you do you have can. to like get the API. No, um, but yeah. then you, you can uh, you can actually do that. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about this on our inevitable Star Wars focus podcast. But I should just draw a little attention to the fact that like Luke Skywalker died from FaceTiming too hard, and uh, Darth Vader <laughs> was able to uh, commit actual murder from across the galaxy. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, no one talks about this. No one no. talks about it. <laughs> Nobody talks about Star Wars. No one ta- No one's talking about this. I think more people should be talking about this. Uh, but the other thing that nobody's talking about this week is video games. Because, uh, well, that's not entirely accurate. But nobody's talking about new ones. Because we were sort of looking at the Steam page for... <laughs> Uh, you know the web, the website steam.com the page the homepage of uh, new releases and not a whole lot kind of a weak crop uh, this season and that's not entirely unexpected because it's January the holiday release season is out of the way and we're all kind of waiting for March or we were waiting for March <laughs> until last week when literally every game coming out was pushed back one month to question marks. Uh, what are, can someone remind me of some of these titles that were supposed to come out in March that are... Yeah. Yeah, let oh me know. Boy. Uh, the March one specifically that got delayed... Uh, well, Animal Crossing got delayed into March... Same with Doom Eternal. Okay. Okay. And Doom was Eternal got delayed in two March. Uh, Cyberpunk was April. It got blasted April. to September. Uh, Dying Light a... was one of them that got just got completely oh. like it. That's now indefinite. Yeah. And then the Final Fantasy VII remake got delayed by like a month. Right. Uh, and crucially, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Doom Eternal both come out on the same day at the end of that month, so it's not like we're even spreading it out. We're not spreading out the... the it's Feast or Famine in March right now, basically. Uh, you either get the... You either get Hell and, I don't know, Dogs? Is that what's in Animal Crossing? It's Nintendogs, right? Can we just it's just Nintendogs. Steven, what do, you think, what do you think Animal Crossing is? Ooh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Here we go. Okay. So I know you collect turnips to Correct. give to a dirty raccoon incorrect. for incorrect. money. That's incorrect. Okay. Turnips, turnips are not money. They're the stock market. Yeah, okay. you sell them to a cow. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, there are weird, like, I don't know, bugs that live in underground. They're like, they yes. just spin. Uh, they spin around, and you give them to an owl. Correct. And, and then he now, puts them... Now, what does the owl do to them? 
he he devours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a taxidermist uh, who yes takes takes the weird things kind of. and then uh, hangs them. Mm. Hangs them off of walls, mm. but you can only talk to him because he's an owl. So it's probably nighttime. You can only talk to him at night, I bet, because mm-hmm. he's an owl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So and then that part of the game is just locked off from you because th- that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another dog who plays music, but he's pretending that he doesn't. I think mm-hmm. in the last one, but not mm-hmm. not the dog who is like really nervous and everybody loves. The, the other, the white one. The dog that fishes. She fishes, right? Isabel? Mm-hmm. Isabel. Isab- Isabel fishes. Yeah. That's, I, so, okay, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, this I is saw the Byleth trailer good. for now, Super Smash Brothers. Now, Stephen, what do you have? What sequence of events do you have to do to cause the skeletons to come back to life? <sighs> I. Uh, so you. It's a roguelike, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. you do have to reach the fifth floor without dying. Okay. Uh, collecting okay. gems along the way, but you have okay. to play on the beat, otherwise you take damage. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and you give there's bells there because that's that's the thing, right? She's Isabel, <laughs> yes. so you ring a bell. Oh, it's oh, it's like the Aberson trilogy by Garth Nix. You ring bells to bring people back from the dead. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's a Dark and Souls. It's a Dark Souls. <laughs> Hell yeah, got it. Yeah. Actually, what Animal Crossing is about. Um, if you asked me in 2002 or whenever it came out is um, playing a lot of balloon crossing and trying to convince yourself that or balloon fight and trying to convince yourself that it's a good video game Damn. Um, because you got the NES Whoa. cartridge in Animal yeah. Crossing yeah and same with Ice Climbers and being like oh this is good I'm a really big sucker for that for like a virtual world where you've got a cart for a different video game and then you play that inside mm-hmm. the video game. Uh, Shinmu is one of these where you play uh, Super Hang On and like Outrunner, I think. Outrun, on, yeah. Outrun, sorry, on a a makeshift Sega Saturn, which did not exist in 1985. <laughs> um, but you still play it on a TV anyway uh, in your living room. It's very good. Uh, Yakuza does that too, except every time you sit at the, like, ar- it's in an arcade in that game, and every time you sit at the arcade cabinet and you play whatever it happens to be, there's, like, a custom animation of that character be- getting so into it that they, like, just, it is implied that they are, like, believing that they are visually represented in that game world, so if it's, like, a racing game, it, like, sh- shows them grab the steering wheel, and then it, like, zooms in on their face, and then they, like, lean back as if they're going super fast, and they go, like, whoa! And then the camera cuts uh, away, and you're suddenly playing whatever it is. Virtua Fighter, usually. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. Well, it's good that you know exactly what Animal Crossing is. Yeah, so, because now um, you're prepared. Yeah. There's a mole. Marsh- uh, I, I don't know if there is any more, but there once was yes and he yeah, was a bad he's unemployed now he it's, his he's... job was to chastise you um and by you i mean a child um <laughs> for not turning the game off properly and then sort of to threaten you and harangue you and um that was like a fun thing for children to enjoy why why is he be- so mad because he didn't want you to cheat um because something about you know, it was a game based on time, and if you turned your console off without saving, you're potentially doing something to like alter the uh, the flow of the game. And he would oh. appear and yell at you, and you couldn't skip. He would just start yelling at you a lot. Yeah, he did have a really good song though. Like the, mm, sometimes I wait. would turn off the game on purpose. Uh, incorrectly, just so I could listen to the track. Wow! I thought the dog did the music. No, no, no. So like he had like he he. So Rossetti is his name. Does have his own track that only plays when Rossetti on, is there. Hold on a second. I think what Stephen is implying here is that the little dog in the game is actually KK, responsible. KK Slider. Yeah, yeah, is actually responsible for all the music in the game. Mm-hmm. No. And so it's when the mole, no 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 wait a second, and then when the mole appears. K.K. Slider actually performs the song. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, mm-hmm. no. This is not. I it's think like that's a- what Steven is implying, and I think that's also correct. Yes, it it is a Super Mario sixty four lack of two situation. Anytime you hear music and don't see KK Slider on screen, he is behind the camera playing the music for you. Right. Yeah. That's wild. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, I know. I see. I told you guys something you didn't even know about Animal Crossing. What's up? <laughs> Thank I love you. Thank you thing. for explaining that. Well. <laughs> Animal Crossing again, um, one of many games delayed. And yeah. personally, you know, I'm not all that beat up about it. And maybe that's yeah. because I'm not a true fan. But whenever I see a game has been delayed, I remember there was a time when I would be upset, right? Because like, oh, I have to right. wait longer to play this game I'm really excited about. And now it's more just like, Okay, that's being pushed off into the future, and um, that's a few more months where I don't have to think about that one. Um, like Cyberpunk, I'm, I'm really dreading having to think about that and kind of confront that like hyper object that is Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, I, now that's Fall Merit's problem, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, who, you know who is mad about delays though? Merit is pretty much everyone on the internet. It seems like oh, for, for one reason gamers. or another. Yeah, yeah. And game, now, and frankly, game journalists were mad which, about delays last week. <laughs> it was, was kind of wild to me. I it's don't understand. Such a weird thing. Now we we can't really talk about all of this without talking about the discourse that comes up. Whenever game cancellations or or delays or closures or anything come up, which is the uh, labor issues in game development and the inevitable commentary on these subjects uh, from a wide range of people, some of whom are in the industry, some of whom maybe aren't but have a lot of ideas about how it works. And John, uh, I understand that you previously (laughs) ran your own game development studio. I did. I did, yeah. I I, what? I ran really? a studio. Yeah, did you not know that? Yeah, I knew that. Oh, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I ran a studio in Austin, and um, don't look any of it up. It's fine. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it was called Nintendo. Nintendo. It was it was Nintendo Two. We were around for about a week. Um, it's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I ran a studio. We released um, three games, and and we did. At one point, I did uh, implement a. A period of crunch to like finish. Oh, John! I did. did. You're bad now. You're evil. I've I've actually been canceled. You canceled Um, yourself. Yeah, no one made you reveal that. It's like those people who go online and say they don't wash their legs. Like no one made you (laughs) tell anyone that. No one made me. I know. I know. No one forced this. This is what an unforced error on my. Okay, so part. Defend yourself, sir. Um, I I won't. I won't. I won't defend myself. I think it was like one of those things that I like, you know, actively regret. Um, and you know, like my team got it, but like you know, the the problem that was facing us, and I think probably faces every team. And I think this is kind of like part of what I want to talk about with like the crunch discourse is, um, you, you know, what the alternative was. I mean, l- listen, the the best thing I could have done is manage the project better and like gotten it done without running out of money but you know what would have happened if we had not finished the game like before we ran out of money we would have, wouldn't have been we wouldn't have made eat. the game and we wouldn't have been able to pay people yeah. right um so like inevitably i think what happens with a lot of these studios is even if they're in these like really 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 um you know like big publisher supported situations they're probably faced with either doing a round of layoffs or basically doing things like this. Now, I want everyone to crucially keep listening for a second because I know what you're thinking right now, I promise. But um, the, the problem to me with the crunch discourse is that it, it, tends, to, um, it tends to ignore... I think the very, 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 very basic issue, which is like, it should just be illegal for your employer to tell you, you have to work more than 40 hours. Like that's, that's really it. And the thing is, is like a lot of people get caught up in, I remember there was someone who, I won't say who it was, but there was a dev that was like, um, 
we should start slapping a sticker on game boxes that says this game was made without crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a really bad idea. Um, and I think it, what, why I think it's a really bad idea is because one, it's dishonest. Uh, because here's my really hot take is that I don't think a video game has ever been made without someone working more than 40 hours a week, or if it's just a totally part-time hobby project. Um, and, but that's, most of that is like, you're working on your passions. This is where I want, like, actually have a conversation with the people on here who haven't run a studio. Because, like, when I say things like that, I know, I think a lot of people bristle and go like, well, that's not true. My studio uh, has this thing where everyone is really well taken care of. And that's really great. And then they're writing that tweet at 4 a.m. And I start to wonder, well, what are you what are you doing? Like, where are you, like, what are you working on? Where are you coming from? Do you have a day job that's eight hours long? And then you also go home and work on this stuff. So I feel like, like a lot of the discourse around like indies that have this kind of um, anti-crunch mentality uh, is coming from a place of almost like personal responsibility and not just like we should be organizing and making sure that employers are not instituting these things. Now, that means that games are going to get more expensive, probably, um, to make. But also, like, I don't know. I I get really exhausted with a lot of the discourse because I think it, it puts too much blame on too many people where really it, it starts and ends with, like, I think we have to organize and that's it. Like, it, yeah. it, it it's pretty simple. Right. Crunch to me feels like the symptom of publisher and in a lot of cases probably as well, like head of development team mandates that are coming in companies typically where what is happening is that instead of staffing up to properly make a game in a kind of a sustainable way or to do, you know, just make it as good as it needs to be to get it out uh, on time. These are companies where, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but we've run multiple stories about it on the site already, about, like, Bobby Kotick's of the world, like, pocketing, you know, $850 million extra dollars a month or whatever the fuck it is, um, while performing a bunch of, like, you know, end-of-quarter layoffs and stuff like that. There are, there are issues at play here where crunch is a very uh, attractive word. It's a very, like, uh, short and pithy and easy to fit into a 240-character tweet, but it is not necessarily... But it is a symptom. It is, it is a... Almost a, a scapegoat isn't the right word, but it's the closest one I can think of. It is a scapegoat for avoiding, like, having to talk about larger s- systemic problems. Yeah, like, I, I think it's just, like, what do, what do people really want out of... A healthy relationship with their employer they want stability they want to be treated with respect like these are pretty simple things that i think just involve knowing that at the end of the development cycle your position is still going to exist which is also in and of itself a thing that labor unions could actually really help with because you know i saw in austin in 2010 2011 there were I think like six major studio closures that uh, resulted in like, I think 500 positions uh, eliminated in a calendar year. And almost all of them probably crunched to get a game done. And then, and then they were all let go. So like the other part that I think is really, you know, and and I, I do think people have kind of honed in on this a little bit, but like, a lot of why I think organizing, and this is this is pretty anecdotal, but like a lot of why I think organizing has not quite um, happened in this industry is because there are still so many forty-year-old libertarian dudes that are really fucking happy to do this insane amount of work for nothing, um, and so like I think organizing is hard because of of that to some degree because i have to imagine that there are still this this like large contingent of triple a devs that are just still kind of in that mentality of like well this is what i always wanted to do right um and 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 oftentimes those are people who are in a in 
a system. They are, you know, in the United States or whatever country it happens to be, usually Western countries, though, the United States or Canada. Uh, they are in positions where if they lost their job, they probably would have some kind of support net. They would have probably have some kind of, like, you know, either a family safety net or, like, a nest egg or something rather than, like... So they don't have to worry about, like you know, making that decision necessarily. It's a thing that they can, like, arrive to be for whatever reason, but it's not necessarily something where it's, like, a life-or-death situation for them in terms of employment. No, yeah. Um, and it's... It's... Uh, I I don't know. I Especially, like, the CD Projekt Red stuff. Like, I, you know, you kind of get a sense of how that, that company is made up, and, you know, you almost... I, I never really fault anyone, and this is maybe a lot of projection, um, but I never really fault anyone for deciding that they want to work long hours on something. But I feel right. like a lot of folks that work at these AAA companies don't separate the idea of because you want to work on something after hours or more than 40 hours a week means that um, it's completely acceptable for your employer to basically say, we expect that from you. And I think that's like... I, I don't know what it's going to take, frankly, and it's not that, like maybe that's why I've been so frustrated with this discourse is that like, again, the course that we're taking with it seems to not confront that specific idea of everyone being like, you have to separate these things like because you don't mind doing this work. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you should be forced to do it. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I think would be. um I don't know. I, I've I've been really encouraged with some of the stuff that that like the riot group has been doing to to kind of organize. But I also am like dejected that a lot of that stuff seems to have quieted down. And I know it has to be quiet for various reasons, but like, you know, I was really hoping that that was going to like more was going to come out out of that. And really, what it seems if like is that more and more teams are being created within that within that environment. And you know, I don't know. I feel like we're cooling on. Um, we're really heating up on like media labor unions and we're really yeah. cooling on game labor unions. And that's scary for this particular problem. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a thing where um, maybe one leads the other. Hopefully, you know, the, the more we get um, labor unions in video games media, the more that they that it develops like a certain class consciousness that allows those people people in our kinds of positions to then like make sure that they are always taking into account like, hey, these other people probably should have this as well. And yeah. you know, and that maybe that helps to, if not counteract, at least kind of like reduce the sort of schisms that you can get of people being like, well, it's okay for me, but. Like, so, of course, it's okay for everybody in the company. Like, you know, right. I, I'm fine with doing this because of XYZ, you know, and I feel like we've had, we've seen multiple articles written in the past year, two years or whatever, where people intentionally are choosing to interview people like that in a sort of, like, gotta hear both sides-ism uh, sort of situation. I forget, like, a, a specific company that we definitely heard that from, but, um, you know, uh, there have been uh, cases of that, certainly, throughout, like, all industries probably in the last like a uh, hundred years but in video games it's become such a i think uh i think it becomes such a flashpoint in video games in particular because video games are such a like you know not a burgeoning medium anymore right it's like the biggest thing on the planet right at this right. point right like palpatine's speech is in fortnite or whatever you know like it's uh, as fortnite is is probably as big or, or bigger than most like major media franchises movie media franchises at this point yeah and as things like movies are becoming like actually probably like in their waning uh waning from their position of like number one importance i think like video games because of like just how accessible they become for a lot of people are just like be such a ubiquitous part of people's lives that they don't even think about right and that can also lead to people not necessarily thinking about how those games are produced in the same way that we don't think about how iphones are produced under like just absolutely brutal and inhumane conditions because of course it's just a part of our lives so like we don't want to question this part of our lives that you know is so ingrained in us at this point that we can't even imagine life without it. Yeah, Merritt, you you've made video games. Technically, you've you've made art pieces. You've done art, correct? 
you've you've you've, 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 sure. written, you've you've written books you've written poetry yeah yes yeah all those things sure. would you yeah. would you would you say that like the completion of those projects was always done in the most completely regimented uh healthy way i mean no of course not <laughs> like um and i'm just curious like i i yeah. feel i feel crazy when i have this kind of like feeling of you know no y'all like there's no way this is how this is working and i'm like am i am i the only one that's seeing these people working these insane hours but they're they're the ones talking about i don't know i don't i I don't know i it's 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 frustrating for me yeah for me on the one hand it's being aware of the fact that reality is often kind of messy in terms of finishing projects right uh, but on the other hand not romanticizing that kind of no, like yeah you know exhausting yourself to produce some great work right like i think that just sort of looking like actually being honest about what the situation is and right. then thinking about like why why are things this way right and um just yeah getting back to this is a symptom of a broader problem. And I kind of also wonder to what extent we are going to sort of hit a point of diminishing growth of games, by which I don't just mean like market penetration or whatever, but the size of games. Because you were saying that, you know, games are going to have to get more expensive if people... um, want to sort of like like represent the true cost of producing a video game right yeah yeah they will. uh and to what extent that means that are what we currently think of as like a regular video game uh is just going to become like outdated like that's not going to be we're not going to just be like i'm going to go pay 60 dollars for uh the new first person or the new like single player action rpg or the new call of duty or whatever well games games have cost 60 dollars for how long like 12 12 years something like that 15 years god uh yeah probably close to 15 like 2005 2006 xbox 360 era well if things if things scale the way that they scale in most of the economy games should probably cost 85 to 90 dollars right yeah and and but but you've got this like you, you've got not only the AAA, you know, I mean, eventually these people are going to die out <laughs> of the industry, but it's like, I still think you've got kind of good old boys in the AAA game space that they they just want to run through a brick wall for in the name of fucking Geralt of Rivia, and it's fine. Um, they just want to do that, and it's totally fine, and, you know, I've got my fingers in my ears, and it's cool that we're going to do crunch indefinitely, and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you've also got like the gamers themselves who are just like kind of sitting there refusing. I feel like kind of implicitly refusing the idea that video games should be much more expensive because there's either a race to the bottom with games or there's like this stagnation where like it's, it's impossible to imagine games being more expensive than they are, even though they completely fucking should be. Um, and the jump from SD to HD, if you hear developers, you know, even at the time when HD to S- from SD to HD was a thing, there were developers talking about how, like, we're all fucked. Like, there was, I believe, a GDC talk from, like, around that era where somebody right. was, like, basically saying that, like, the amount of money it takes to create, like, HD assets for a video game, even of the existing scale, is astronomically higher right. than the uh, standard definition, right. and uh, we never reconciled with that. Plus, like, video games were just, like, are a... were, and uh, maybe now to a lesser degree, honestly, I think we're fine actually seeing the rubber band snap back a little bit, and uh, but for a long time, video games were just, like, technology-driven. It was, like, the, the, the growth of video games, the inflation of the size of video games and what video games were was uh, bottlenecked by uh, what... The hardware could do at a specific time and now i think that 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 bottleneck really really loosened up and now has tightened back up again in a way that it's not a problem of like power it's a problem of uh resources and imagination Mm -hmm. and like you know what the what publishers think the market wants and stuff like that and so what we're seeing instead is um 
a lot of the things that were the biggest of the big got as big as they were going to, that maybe they will ever get. They have stayed there for several years. Your Last of Us's, your Uncharted's, your mm-hmm. Call of Duty's or whatever. And now what we're seeing is just like a kind of a step back from that in the like what would have been a probably a midway published style like b-game budget titles or whatever like outer wilds is like a 30 dollar, 25 dollar game and it's smaller than a lot of stuff but it's not uh it's not minuscule no like it's it's mid-tier no. you know no, it's, right, it's, right. it's definitely a mid-tier game hey nikki yeah i was just yeah. about to ask nikki what's up what's up what do you think what's going on i'm i'm just like my so my whole experience with crunch was i'm an idiot and didn't really ever think about how video games were made until <laughs> i like worked at activision on that black ops game yeah i was, on. I was gonna yeah. ask you specifically about that if you can talk about it yeah, yeah uh, it sucked real bad it sucked very bad <laughs> um is my take no it was like so i this is literally just me like being kind of just not at all cognizant of the way that the things that I liked to consume were made prior to me actually being on the other side of the controller, as it were, and, like, having my hands in it. Um, When I realized a couple of weeks in that people were having conversations about how in a couple of months things were going to get really bad, and then I realized that the floor lead... Um, I started at, I started there in August, no, July. I started in July and I left after the game came out. So it was like sometime in, uh, September, the lead, like the QA lead brought in an air mattress and a blanket and some pillows and then just kind of put them under his desk. And I was like, what's this? What you doing, bud? And he was like, oh, yeah, I just need this for when I got to sleep here. And I was like, you do what? Where? <laughs> like here in the office? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to get really bad in a couple of weeks. And then okay. it got really bad in a couple of weeks. Um, and I was working like 16, 17 hour shifts. Like it was pretty bad. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> okay, now that is a far cry from the crunch that I instilled, which was like, hey, we should work 10 hours together oh no 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 it was very bad (laughs) it was i was working night shift and it got to the point where sometimes like it would i would get in at six o'clock i would leave at in the evening i would leave at six uh six or seven in the morning and then i would go home to take a nap basically for about three hours and then i would come back in that was like the last four to five weeks before launch um, of Call of Duty Black Ops 3 question mark. I think it was the third one. <laughs> did you did, um, did anyone like care? Like was that like No. See, so that's... I was I was the only uh. person that was like, "Hey, this sucks, right? Does anyone else think this?" And I was the only new person. Yeah. Um because everyone else that they had brought on had done it before so they had been either hired (sighs) in the lead up to advanced warfare whichever one was before and then laid off that's because that's just what happens we're all contractors right so you get hired on in the push to launch and then you get laid off a couple of weeks later or after the game comes out um and then some people get rehired again for dlc and then they get laid off and then it just that cycle just keeps repeating and I was very confused as to why people were kind of just chill about that. I just didn't understand the the rationale behind your, like, everyone here is okay with the fact that you know you're going to get fired on this day. And it's kind of a roll of the dice whether or not you get picked back up to do the DLC. And if you don't, then you're like, well, I guess I'll figure out something else and try again. Because it's like, your job is not guaranteed. Um, like the next time or the following year so it's like you have to play the whole game again um, it was kind of tough and also like this is this is more this is like a different kind of a different conversation but the, the human beings that at least Activision was hiring um, were not the or for QA specifically were not the uh, extremely college educated um like 
well-off people who would eventually just become designers, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you hear all of these stories, and Activision did this all the time, where they would have lunch and learns, where they would be like, come hear about this guy named Kyle, who's been at Activision for 75 years, and he started out as QA, and now he's the lead designer on fucking, I don't know, Skylanders or whatever. Like, they would have those people in all the time. They would be like, yeah, I started out as QA, and I did crunch for X number of years, and then eventually I just moved my way up. Even though that system like literally can't that can't exist anymore like that's just not how that works first of all because everyone's a contractor now yeah right they're not going to get hired your way in and then also like the people that i was working with where it was me a person who had for all intents and purposes had dropped out of college um a bunch of veterans who were had just gotten back from being overseas and were like well i would like a job please in anything Um, And then just people who had been unemployed but really, really liked video games. So it was kind of predatory, the hiring situation, because... I don't know. Huh. It, the, 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 The number of... The people who were being hired were not the people who traditionally would be like, hey, these... These working in... This working environment is not one that I would, uh, like to continue to work in. Because Mm -hmm. all these people were in a situation where it was like, well, if I say anything, they'll just fire me. Which is true, because they 100% would have just let you go if you attempted to say anything. Um, yeah, sorry, I rambled. No, no, no. no, no. That's, no that was uh, great. Yeah, <laughs> really that sounds really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I think kind of to the point of kind of circling back to some of the stuff that, that I started with to hopefully come with a more coherent point but like if your project is not going to release on time you basically in this in this industry you have two options you get more money or you mistreat people in order to get it done faster um now when you really take a really hard look at like uh capitalism just generally broad gestures broadly to capitalism (laughs) um even the most philanthropic and i use that word extremely fucking loosely um even the most like philanthropic investors have their limits of how much more they want to invest now this could be at a tiny indie studio like mine where i went to my board and was like we're not going to finish this on time sorry about that can we have more money and once or twice they said sure but then the third time it was just like ah no sorry uh peace and then you know you're kind of left with a choice um and it's a bad one no matter how you slice it um but one that i would have done differently um and and i think like even activision probably all you know works the same way like they have a certain amount of fucking budget they're spending so much of it at the top, um, and and uh, they can't really they can't really go back to those people to say, hey, let's let's inject more money into the places that aren't at the very top, and that's how you get into these situations. And it should it should just be fucking criminal. Like it's it's not yeah yeah it's not like it's not hard. And the other thing is that like it really 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 like. I mean, this is this this is me being like a former like baby capitalist and like person that really you know got an MBA and had designs on being like big businessman for a few years and like really 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 decided that a lot of that shit is just like broken and not really what I want and 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 it's like if you organize like if you like decide to stop working it is such a bold risk it is so scary but it's like. If you fucking organize and strike and, like, stop working, they don't have much of a fucking choice. Like, they could end the project completely, but so much of their entire fiscal year at these huge AAA companies is based on those things getting released. And, like, I I swear, some studio is going to have to really fucking, like, be, be the one, be the torchbearer. And and you're gonna have to do it, and it's really scary, but it's not gonna come from the top. It's just not gonna come from the top, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also I also on this on the other side of the coin, like it can't come from the bottom either. It has to be the people in the middle who yeah. are yeah. who are working 
who are like actually on payroll being paid by the studio. Oh or no, whatever, no, 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 who are like not yes. in yeah, who are not in situations where they are replaceable like in instantly replaceable like exactly no yeah exactly like if if all of qa stopped like they they would would literally the next day they would have had people in there yeah um to to be that's an amazingly good point if you are a contractor uh, just keep your head down, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but but like which blows, like which, which is like it it sucks that it has to be that way. But, but like you gotta have your job. I yeah. get that. But right. it's like the I mean, the middle management, the the upper management, the folks on a payroll. It is tough to eliminate positions in, that are basically on payroll. It it genuinely is without certain amounts of things happening. Like it is going to have to come from folks on payroll really really figuring this stuff out and like it's scary but i i don't see any way that this is going to sustain itself um i don't know for another 10 years without uh, we're already seeing a lot of like terrible side effects of all this um i don't know steven i think you're about to say something oh nothing like i mean i'm the only person on this call who has like no no experience in game development directly and also very little very very little experience in full-time employment <laughs> uh as an extant concept i was a contractor for nine straight years in the uh you know freelance video game journalism wing of things which is like you know so i can speak to like the fear of not having social safety nets in the form of like you know working for six seven years without like even so much as the affordable health care act and even then i'm somebody who had the like safety net of uh parents who aren't like rich but like were well enough to do that i and i also live in a part of the country that is like incredibly um cheap to live in low, low cost of living so i like had every advantage to my name and it was still incredibly scary day in and day out for for years and stuff like that like it was it, this is i mean ultimately just i think what we're kind of gesturing at as a whole is that this is a problem that is far beyond video games it is far beyond crunch it is a problem with the united states in particular <laughs> i feel but but also like you know several uh several different countries and it's like there are things that need to be to be talked about and and dealt with on a in a, such a wide scale that the problem often feels um too big to face which is the case with quite a lot of different things it's like feels too enormous and that can be very terrifying and very scary at the same time but also i i do have some hope in the, just the general sense of like you know how things have been shifting recently just in general politics and stuff like that with yeah. the rise of, of folks like bernie sanders and you know the the kind of like death knell of um central uh, you know uh what fucking what's his name uh west wing guy uh oh. newsroom man Oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin. Aaron Lord. Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin yeah. ass, like, fucking centrism, uh, third way bullshit and stuff like that. <laughs> like, the way that that has kind of, like, just crumbling around us and will probably die with the, the current generation that, you know, is supporting it right now. Really? Um, Steven, didn't you hear that no one likes Bernie Sanders? Yeah, oh, no one right. Likes that's Sanders. Damn. Uh, nobody likes him. Uh, yeah, no, I heard the quote was, nobody likes him, everybody hates him, so he's going to go eat some worms. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, wait, this just in. He's also a liar, liar, and his pants are on fire. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. That's wow. wow. How did he pay for those pants? You know, uh, how many pairs of pants does Bernie have? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so you pr- promote socialism, but you, yet you bought a pair of pants. Oh, mm. yet oh, you wear pants. Hmm. Ber- Bernie owns a pair of Saturday casual chinos. Excuse me. <laughs> wow. He didn't craft his own pants like in a rust <laughs> or something. But you know, j- just to just cap it off, though, the the, the yeah, real part please. of this it, it just uh, is just that, like, you know. You can't organize, or, or or organizing is tough and scary when uh, it is liter- like not working is might be the literal uh, difference between life and death because you don't have health care and things like universal health care can go a lot, you know, and you know that's just one piece of a much larger puzzle, but it's a, mm-hmm. again a buzzwordy thing to, to point out to like things like that, things like that on a system like a social systemic scale. Yes. Could be the difference between making these big sweeping changes down the line. And I think yeah. people who 
point to crunch and say like well that's the bad part and want to put labels on games and say that this is a cruelty free uh fucking witcher game are like just looking for a way to like be able to pat <laughs> themselves on the back <laughs> is the title oh of free range devs. Oh, these devs were grain fed <laughs> Uh, they've got plenty of space to roam around yeah. in. Only organic uh, In the compound. Dew. But uh, yeah, it's almost like the entire economic apparatus has been set up to disenfranchise workers and render them into precarious interchangeable parts that can be discarded as soon as they're worn out or more trouble than they're worth and replaced by ones that they can pay even less. So um, with that in mind... <laughs> Who wants uh, to talk about Temtem, the new Pokemon-like game? Let's talk really about. Access. Yeah, let's talk about all of those. Let's talk about all of the video games that we've been playing. Um, kind of did it backwards today. We usually do that yeah, first, you know. and then the news second. But this is our podcast, so. Yeah, I won't tell if you don't. Merits, okay, merits, okay. merits at the wheel, and it's chaos reigns. So. I am chaos does reign. I'm just spinning it around like a captain in a big storm, just throwing it back and forth, having a great time on my pirate ship. Um, God, Guns of Icarus was a really good game. God, I haven't thought about Guns of Icarus in a minute. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, I haven't heard that name in a long time, but it was very good. Uh, yeah, what's everyone been playing? I mean, not much. <laughs> probably not, not anything new i'll tell you that not anything new um but uh, maybe maybe th- older things can also be interesting you don't you know we, we don't always have to just uh get excited for new product we can get excited for old product too i mean honestly merit of if speaking of old product that i'm looking at on this list of games we have in our show notes mm-hmm. the, there is one in particular that you've been playing that i actually really want to hear about a little bit as somebody who never played that game really uh which is vampire the Vampire Masquerade. the Masquerade, colon bloodlines. Yeah. Now, this is a game based on the White Wolf role-playing game, Vampire the Masquerade, which I did play once in middle school. Ooh, and let nice. me tell you, probably not the right role-playing game for a group <laughs> of middle schoolers. Uh, because it deals with mature themes. And uh not that, you know, I don't mean that in the sense of like Oh no, it was exposing us to bad things. I mean, you know, it just got silly. And uh, we're maybe at the right I level of emotional we, maturity. We, we were, exactly. Maturity in like the, the emotional sense, not in like the, the sexual content sense. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a game that I've heard a lot about for years and years. And it's, God, like 15 years old at this point, 16. And wow. famously was unfinished. You know, we're talking about crunch and deadlines and everything (laughs) this game shipped uh i think it was unbeatable uh in the state that it shipped in and i believe it was activision um don't quote me on that the developer was black isle right and yeah i believe they were shut down immediately after and they were only around long enough to release one patch but so it's kind of like a kotor 2 a knights of the old republic 2 situation where there's a fan patch that kind of just fixes everything and makes it playable. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you, this game is, uh, it's just out of its goddamn mind. <laughs> 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 uh, partly that is because I am playing as a Malkavian. And for those who are unaware, in the Vampire the Masquerade mythos, there are different clans of vampires who share different characteristics. And they impart those characteristics to their child, uh, their childer when they sire a new vampire and uh the clans are like there's like a wolf one there's like an art one that they love art there's a harley quinn one i believe yeah i'm playing Mm -hmm. the harley quinn one (laughs) the harley quinn one is the malkavians and their thing is they're just crazy that's their thing (laughs) they're not the uh i so when you said they were the unhinged one i thought you were like the nosferatu no nosferatu are the ones that just look like nosferatu yeah um And they can't really go out during the day because the the titular masquerade is the vampire society's collective agreement to like hide their existence from humans. And so if you break the masquerade, then, you know, you're taken out behind the, uh, behind Dracula's castle and and shot. So Mm -hmm. they uh, fredo you, they do, they they massacre, (laughs) they massacre you. Uh, So Nosferatu have it rough because they look like that. 
Um, so you can't really go outside much or let people see you. Um, but no, I'm playing Malkavians. And a fun thing about this game is that it's a completely different game based on what clan you are. Huh. Like, it's not just like you get different abilities. Because I'm playing as a Malkavian, every single one of my dialogue choices is in, like, Twisted Joker font. Oh and, like, <laughs> and it's oh always, like, <laughs> like someone's, <laughs> like, um, someone's, like, oh, uh, go over, go over, like, into that building and um, get that uh, key for me. And it's, like, I will depart on this quest to find the item of unlocking. Oh. And, like, you just talk, like, a total dipshit and it's very fun um and everyone is like everyone who's not also malkavian is like once they realize you are they're like totally exasperated with you immediately um because they have to deal with this dipshit who's just talking in riddles constantly and also the default character model is um (laughs) a lot (laughs) let me see if i can find one because um uh The character I'm I'm basically playing as as Harley Quinn, except that I ran into a character who is even more Harley Quinn. And, oh my uh, god! Okay, wait. Uh, I want I'm gonna post this because um, I'm gonna just link to this image here. This shows the guy who is your sire at the beginning of the game, who oh appears for god. five minutes yeah. before he gets murdered um, because he made a vampire without permission. Ooh, you hate that. You hate you, that. You're not supposed oh. to do that because that is one of the rules. Um, so, that, hmm. okay, I'm posting that there. Um, I don't know if the preview... Okay, so the guy on the... That's, that's your sire is the guy on the left <laughs> oh, who wow. presumably uh, your character has chosen to sleep with. Um, and then... Wait, the, is that how vampires? That's how that vampire... Just kind of that okay. hair and those he goggles. Looks like Adam Jensen. Right? <laughs> oh man, he does. He really does. He looks like Made Adam Jensen mistakes. got electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. And then that the character on the right is who I'm playing as. I haven't found an option to get new clothes yet, so I am permanently dressed like a vampire cheerleader. And you might also notice that um, the underwear. Is coming up. Oh, a it's coming bit. up. Yep, and, uh, yeah, a little is, bit. Uh, yeah, little bit. And uh, just this game's animations are incredible. Just like the the sneaking animation looks like you're doing the creep from that old uh, Lonely Island song. Yes, good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, can, can I share for the for the uh, chat? Can I share a picture that I found of uh, your Harley Quinn equivalent that also shows your Joker font? Please. Well, your your if you click your sire also looks like he's holding a giant sandwich upside 